The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Stu, what was the top story for you? I'm going to go with a new study um, uh, about Me Too, which I think confirms, or at least is you know, evidence towards the confirmation of something that we were really afraid of as this thing all started. Okay. Jason? I've got a, my daughter just about to go off to college, and I'm seriously debating on thinking wow, of some really other old. way. Not, I know, right? Good gosh. <laughs> but thinking of something else to send her to, because college is a waste of freaking money, <laughs> and it's overloaded with Marxists. But have you considered that she could do like transgender interpretive dance courses? That there? hasn't hit the family she dinner table yet. go to the transgender yet. interpretive factory down the road from your house. <laughs> that <Yeah>. has. <laughs> let's just not use my daughter in, in those things. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, this is an important story. This is hard-hitting journalism. Uh, antidepressants are getting into the water supply and they're getting into fish and they're making them very horny. And so I would like to talk about that and what we can do. And why it matters. Why it matters. And it will. It matters. I'm going to talk. Bring it back. To get to why it matters. Uh, Before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. We were actually just talking off air. Uh, Andrew is being sent. So I I, I don't have kids. And my my parents who are, 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 they've, they've already shifted into grandparents mode. Uh, my mom doesn't have anywhere to give that maternal instinct, so she just sends me prepper stuff. <laughs> so I'll get like, she'll just call me and be like, hey, I sent like, you know, like a lock picking kit and, and some like like some lighters that you don't like, I, like weird stuff, you know, and, and I'll like, oh, okay. And I've got a go bag. So like, I'm, I'm into this stuff. And I built my own Faraday cage, so. Wow. Whoa. Okay, Jeez. well, I know where we're going. Yeah. No, I'm not, not going to let you guys know where I live. <laughs> I, don't have enough, I don't have enough supplies for everyone. But um, so my Patriot Supply, they've got a uh, 25 year shelf life. So you can't go wrong with that. And really, truly, you don't know when some kind of disaster is going to hit where you're going to need that type of food and you're not going to have power. You know, you may not be able to leave your house. So it's important to have at least a little bit of a supply. And uh, right now you can get two weeks worth of breakfast, lunch and dinner for 75 bucks if you go to preparewithnews.com. Two weeks for 75 bucks. I mean, we you need to tell your mom about this. Yeah. yeah. I, might, I, I might just with regular shipments of this. Yeah. <laughs> Preparewithnews.com. Tell your mom. Uh, uh, yes, I rhymed on purpose. <laughs> All right, so the Me Too movement. Yeah, the uh, Me Too movement. There's a new study out from it's some HR organization where they're looking at uh, what has changed, and they pulled a bunch of people uh, who are you know, executives and tried to figure out how this new era is affecting business. Um, and they found some things that were... Uh, a little disconcerting, um, and it's something that I think is, was a real worry from people who said, uh, you know, like we believe all women is not a great hashtag. It's you know, it's it, like take every claim seriously. That's great. It's a lot. It's a little clunkier. It's a little bit more boring. Listen to uh, all women. yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, but believe all women puts uh, everyone else around them in this state of constant fear. Um, and that's what this study wound up showing. We have some of the details here. According to the study, nearly a third of executives report that they have changed their behaviors uh, to a moderate or uh, uh, to a to a moderate, great, or very great extent 
to avoid behavior that could be perceived as sexual harassment. Now, that in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, like, it could be that if you happen to sexually be, harass anybody right, anymore. Right, that's, that's a positive statistic. <laughs> like, hey, I used to tell all those jokes, and now I don't. Okay, that, that might be a, an okay situation. However, it goes on. Uh, there were men who specifically, and I will uh, said, I will not hire a woman going forward. Wow. Um, which is scary because, you know, uh, that's, that, that's not right. It's hurting women as well. goes on to say, uh, those who said they would hire a woman said that, uh, uh, that they would not travel with one, and they more importantly, would not engage in activities after business hours. Um, and it shows, it goes, goes on to talk about how, look, this is a, a situation where a lot of important business activities happen after hours. You go out and you have drinks, you talk about business, people get together, you make contacts that way. And what we're seeing is a lot of male executives uh, just freaking out because not only, I mean, look, if they're actually committing sexual assault, they should freak out, and I hope they do until the end of time. But people who are just putting themselves in situations where they're afraid to make comments, they're afraid to speak openly, they're afraid to have fun and joke around, they're afraid that even just being in the location uh, at, uh, with a woman after hours or something, I mean, just that it's, as we saw with Kavanaugh, all they were looking for was someone who happened to be at the same party, not even witness the assault. Um, and it could affect you decades later as we're learning. Um, and that's why I think, again, this is kind of the same thing I talked about yesterday, is finding that path to make sure that, most importantly, going forward, women have the, uh, um, uh, the ability to uh, speak out about these things when they happen and not be shunned for them and not be punished for coming out. I think that's the most vital thing. We keep looking backwards, and I think you know, there's some value to that in certain cases, but the, the more... The, the more a productive thing, I think, for us to do is to go forward and see how we can get these things, when they are serious, to law enforcement authorities to actually go through and adjudicate at the time with evidence. Um, scaring people into saying that they can't, we're, we're actually giving negative effects to women. I mean, it's, it's really, it's completely unfair to women um, to say that they are not able now to do these things. It's not the right reaction from guys. I'm not defending that, that that's, the, that's not the right instinct, but I understand the instinct. Yeah. You're, you, you don't know. You know, you, you talk with someone that you don't know very well and uh, you, with the idea that, hey, my career could blow up in one month or one year or 10 years or 30 years from now over some conversation that I may have had. You just, you know what, I'm going to pull myself out of this. I'm not going to risk it. There's, there's not enough upside for me here to help out this person who might be coming up in a career. And that's, that's a negative for everybody. I also wonder uh, how it's going to affect, really, I'm being like honest here how it's going to affect the dating scene with <laughs> yes. boys who are in high school now who are yeah. go- about to be you know going out into the world like how how do you think that that's going to affect it well i mean it's um, it's a great question and i think it's it's multifaceted i have a friend who is uh, and it's not jason who's sending their uh, kids to college and is it jason that's uh, jason um and uh, <laughs> he, he uh, uh they have a boy and they have told him specifically if you are at a party and there's a lot of drinking going on and you see someone who is not, uh, not you know, with it, you know, a girl who is not with it, normally the gentleman thing to do would be to get her out of that situation, you know, help her get to a room, help her get to a car, drive her home, get her out of that, right? No. They have told, her, told him specifically, don't do that. Just exit from the situation. If you need to call the police, call the police. But don't, don't assist, don't be alone with that person because you never know how that's going to change. The other part of this is I, you know, I am married. Uh, it was my anniversary yesterday, 16 years. You don't uh, get to keep milking. No, I, I think I got some, <laughs> yeah, no, I got some good props yesterday for saying it on the air, so I'm going to do it again. <laughs> uh, but uh, I met her at work, right? 
Like, I don't know. If I had to freaking date right now, Andrew, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. At this I'm point. very handsome. That's yeah. how I pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> they come to me, and I'm like, everybody's cool. Great. Let's move forward. I mean, that is a really great point. I, yeah. I met my fiancé at work as well. Exactly. I mean, especially Americans are working so, you know, so long and a, a lot of hours these days that it's like, where else are you going to meet people? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't have much of a, a game. Uh, I would not be successful in today. Thank you. Uh, really, the only way I could ever get anyone to even talk to me was being at work over a long period of time and slowly they convincing them I wasn't horrible. It was very difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, I, like, I mean, I, I want to say it's something, it's around half uh, of people have dated someone at work. And I, I want to say marriage is something like 30 or 40% of marriages uh, sprout out of work relationships. It's a high number. Uh, and we're, we're scaring people away from that, too. I, it, there's just... We, it, it, you, you want to say common sense, and I think common sense was a great argument for so many years in this country, and I feel like it's just not common anymore. Or, or, like, I, we should be able to tell the difference between Harvey Weinstein and a nice, you know, someone asking something and the person saying no thanks, and they both move on. That's okay. That's not a crime. And I feel like people have lost that distinction. The workplace that I'm really interested in, and uh, some of my background is military. Like, we've heard a few things that have come out, yeah. um, ma- mainly just some accusations. I remember there was a, journal, a general not too long ago that got accused of, I think, actually rape. And it came out that the allegations were false. And he, I'm sorry, he was a colonel and he was up for a promotion, but lost his promotion, promotion to general. Mm. Uh, it was insane. Now I think he just won a multi-million dollar lawsuit against her. Wow. Um, but we don't really hear about it. And the military, especially the Marine Corps, is the most politically incorrect organization in the entire universe. <laughs> I mean, not even just on the planet. Really? Like, if there's other planets out there, I, the I Marine Corps for, beats for them all. You guys to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. And just like, yeah. watch, watch, watch <laughs> yeah. that interaction. Yes. It's the mothership of political correctness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, even when you're in boot camp, they're saying the most crazy things. Racist, whatever. But they're like, don't worry. I hate all of you guys the same. You know, that's what the drones are to say. I'm not, I don't hate you worse than this guy. You're both equally horrible in my eyes. Um, but but it, just, it just keeps getting worse. And, you know, it, whether it's like... You know, you know, uh, racial jokes, whether it's gender jokes, whether it's anything, you know, whether it's sexuality jokes. I don't know how it hasn't been hit, but somehow they keep it going and somehow, I don't know. I, but I would not be surprised if that is the next big ultra mega, you know, like, you know, area that gets hit in the military. Another interesting one, on this, and this is another bizarre one to bring up, but is porn. Like, there is a giant multi-billion dollar industry, which is... All sorts of crazy crap going on. And we've just seen an allegation fairly recently of a woman who said she was abused in a scene. She didn't want to do it. Um, and, and, of course, it's all on camera, right? She, she says, you know, uh, outwardly, I'm sure, that she wants to, that she's okay doing it or it would have been a much bigger story. But she said, you know, I felt forced or I felt like I was being pushed into it. How do you adjudicate something like that? Like when you're being paid to have sex on camera and you say you're willing to do it, but then it gets into a position where, uh, where you're uncomfortable. I mean, think of these, the photographer situations, the, uh, the uh, you know, uh, beyond the idea of just adult stuff. Like, you know, you've seen, you know, these, uh, there's been a bunch of allegations against photographers who are the same thing. Like you know, models feel the need to be able to kiss up to the mm-hmm. photographer and, and do those things. There's a lot of these industries that ha- this hasn't even touched as much as, as it should. And some of those would be really uh, important. You know, I mean, I think, like, uh, there is a, 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 a real need to be able to flesh some of these situations out. Because I'm sure there's a lot of ugliness. It just shouldn't 
we should not embrace the insanity. It should not be believe all women. You've seen, you know, certain commentators occasionally say things like, well, look, if a couple of innocent guys have to go down because I've been, you know, I've been sexually harassed for, for all these years, well, I, that's the price I'm willing to pay. Well, you're not paying it. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not your price to pay. Um, so we have to make sure that these standards that we've developed in our country of making sure that people are innocent until proven guilty, and uh, at least we should at least mentally, internally, when it comes to a public trial, like we, we like to do these days, we should at least attempt to hit those standards for ourselves. Even if it's not a legal proceeding, you should at least be 100% convinced that this thing happened before you start asking people uh, to lose their jobs and their livelihood. Yeah. Uh, old man Jason, you, you got a kid about to go to college. I want to do this really quick because I want to hear about those horny fish. <laughs> but, um, but I want to bring up this graphic really quick. I was just reading about how um, Americans are paying for college these days, and so you, what, you, what, what points out, uh, you know, stands out, right, you know, right off the bat, is that twenty-six thousand dollar over twenty-six thousand dollar figure. That's the average amount of what people are spending per year wow. for college. Now, I did a little bit more digging, and let's just keep that graphic up. I will reference it here in a second. But I did a little bit more digging, and uh, that, that's even the low end. So, like, I was just asked a, a, a member of our staff that went to TCU, and she said that it's more like around $60,000 once you add in, like, room and board and all that stuff. Yeah. That's a private school. But even still, so anywhere between, like, the high 20s to 30s up to 60000 and that's what we're paying. And back, back on that graph is, like, 47% um, of, of, of families are paying this just off of their income and, and savings. 24% are getting loans, and I think it was only 28% of that is uh, is through grants or scholarships or something like that. So the vast majority of this stuff is coming out of our own pockets, the money that we already have, and by borrowing. And I'm like, it's it's insane. I just paid off my school loans. I'm 40 years old now. I just paid off my school loans like three years ago. It was so stupid. And I went to a school where I had a big discount on it, and I just did it because basically I wanted to like live in a dope apartment, you know, and like, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It was a, so irresponsible, ridiculous. Now I learned my lesson. But um, so common, though. I mean, I think so many people are like, "Well, I want to, I want to, I want to grow as a person." Like, what? The, you can do that for free. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to spend sixty grand a year. Or, to or, do, do, or do like a gap year or something. I have a lot of friends that just went abroad and like volunteered or worked in Australia or something. And, like yeah. interesting people. That, yeah, yeah, but you're very hippie. You don't, yeah. you don't know those people <laughs> don't who know those would people. just go go abroad. English speaking country worked on a ranch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I would I quickly also highly recommend uh, the case against education by Brian Kaplan. It came out. Uh, I want to say earlier this year. We had him on uh, at that. That time and he really lines it out like the case against education. He's a college professor, by I the way. For, formal education. He's, he, he's pro knowledge, I assume. I, I would assume he is. <laughs> yes. um, however, he's making it, I think, in the most, yeah. uh, you know, uh, provocative way. Um, but it's a really, it's all fact based book about just really how wrong we've gone on this, where it's now it's just. He always talks about how it's all about uh, the pieces of paper, right? So, yeah. like, you know, the person, this is such a great example of it. A person who goes through all uh, four years of college and um, graduates with a D minus is going to be valued more in the workplace than a person who gets all A pluses and quits the day before graduation. That's insanity. Yeah. That makes yeah. no sense at all. Because it, it's a signaling mechanism. It's a, a that's point. exactly what it there's, is. Like, there's, there's um, multiple factors going into why, why we go to college. One is for the life experience. One is for... Um, the actual knowledge. Sometimes it's vocational. Uh, and then a lot of it is the signaling mechanism. And the problem with the signaling mechanism is if it is a signaling mechanism, it's designed to make you stand out with other people, which means you have to go to a better school or you have mm -hmm. to get another degree, which we're now seeing where, you know, it used to be, 
like in the 50s, like high school education was sufficient for you to have a middle class job in the workforce. Now you have to get a, an undergraduate degree and a master's degree, and there's no way to flatten that because if it's a singling mechanism, it doesn't work if it's like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was uh, I was I was looking through some of these. I mean, if you see on the news today, all all you see is like you know, the, like I, I have a, a UT. My brother goes to UT, and he's very, come from a very right wing family. Now he's tipping left. And I'm like, what? What is going on? And then you always hear about these these like crazy Marxist professors. And um, so, dig, dig a little digging on that. And this is so. This is what we're basically sending our kids to be indoctrinated. And here's some of the numbers. Uh, the National Association of Scholars just did a study on this, and they interviewed 9,000 professors, 51 of the top 66 schools, and they found that the ratio of Democrat professors versus Republican professors was 12.7 to one. Wow. Forty percent of these colleges has zero registered Republicans on staff. So around 80% had so few Republican staff members that they were statistically insignificant. Now, just to, what do you think was the worst out of all subjects? Math, history, obviously sociology. In, in, ter- in terms really of having Republicans? I'm uh, guessing sociology. So th- that's what I would have thought, too. That was very high on the list. But the, but the worst is, is, the, um, is uh, communications and, and journalism. The, the faculty members is 108 to zero. Out of 9,000 professors, almost 60 schools, there were zero conservative or libertarian, or even middle of the road. They were all very far left-leaning. Which is like, like I, I went to a debate um, a few years ago now, but it was about affirmative action, and, and the guy that was in it made very good points, uh, where he, he basically said, look, if everything's, if everything's equal with, with um, people coming in and, and applying, if all things are equal, give it to the diverse candidate because we want to make a diverse campus. And I was like, I actually like that. I think that's good, but the, the follow-through with that is you also should have a diverse faculty, mm-hmm. uh, and that is not something that they tend to be very interested in. Uh, it's, you know, di- diversity of thought, yeah. uh, one thought. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take a break and make Jason wait a little bit longer to get to Horny Fish. <laughs> the passion of yours generally or just for today? <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm interested today. But I don't know. It's a joke. I was just saying. It could, this could develop, actually. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. I can't wait to hear about horny fish and why they matter. Yeah, they do matter. They do matter. Uh, So uh, brace yourself. Our rivers are full of feverishly mating fish. This is a Pat Buchanan fever dream, and it has come true. And the reason that that's happening... That just means more sushi, doesn't it? it That's does. a good thing. Uh, yes, oh, hold on, but you can see where I'm going to go with this, because I'm going to bring this around. I don't need to know what my sushi has been doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Sarah on this. I want very uh, puritanical fish in my rivers and streams. I, I want them to know the other fish. I want yes. them, I'm not saying they have to be married, but they need to have an emotional connection, and they need to know what's happening and the, the emotional uh, effects of that. So the reason that this is happening is that uh, Epic amounts of Prozac are getting into the water supply uh, because they can't get uh, treated out the way we can with some other chemicals. So they'll, they'll go into the sewage, uh, and then it'll go back into rivers, and it'll go out into streams, and it'll get into the ocean and things like that. So there's literally so much antidepressant medication in Americans and, in, and people in Europe and other places in the world that it's getting to the fish and making them horny. From the sewage systems. Uh, I, yeah, I believe it's from the sewage oh. systems, yeah. And, and actually, like if you go to, I think it was in Seattle about two years ago, they did a study where the fish around the Seattle area uh, tested positive for 81 different drugs, including cocaine. Uh, so those fish cannot work. Uh, <laughs> they failed that drug test. But there's so many drugs here. So th- this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. Why I think it's important uh, is that 
Uh, if you're depressed, that is that is both psychological and it's neurochemical. I'm not saying anybody that's depressed should just suck it up or anything like that. Like, you know, you should absolutely see a doctor if you need to see a doctor and that kind of thing. But I do think that we are living in the most lonely and alienating time in all of human history. I think in the future, 200 years from now, I think people will look back and go, my God, what a lonely society that was. I would not want to live then. And I think that's why we're coming apart at the seams. I think that's why everybody's so depressed is because this, this community that we're supposed to be a part of uh, is, is broken apart. Like for the, for the first 300,000 years of human evolution, you're on a camping trip with your best friends your whole life. Uh, that feeling you get when you see people at a wedding, that's the everyday normal experience in human humanity. And we've decided to live in boxes by ourselves and go on Facebook. And so my recommendation, if you want to stop these fish from being horny, is uh, join an improv team, join the Rotary Club, go to church, do something, be part of a community. Uh, what if you don't want to stop the fish from being horny? Yeah. If you don't want to just stop in the fish, case there's anyone out there who doesn't throw, want find, that. find fat fish and throw Prozac pills to them. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can get them to mate more. Uh, no, but I mean, I think that that is an interesting point that before social media, you know, before we had the age of trying to get, kind of goes in line with Glenn's book, Addicted to Outrage, that like we feed off of now, you know, you get likes and you get mm -hmm. follows and you get retweets and, you know, we're focusing on that. Instead of it's, it's like it's like if you need if you need a family. full meal that's like potato chips right uh, and our and our brains you know there's different parts of our brains the like the deep reptile part that controls all the emotions it doesn't know it, it thinks you're looking at a piece of glass it doesn't know you're interacting with people so yeah. Uh, you did, like, I think that was an interesting point of, like, you're going on a camping trip with all your best friends. I would also say, though, it's also the people you really didn't like very much, right? Like, they yeah, were all there. You couldn't really control and it. you couldn't get away from them. I'm, I'm not what saying we should you just go... don't like or enjoy people? Is there a place for people like that? <laughs> yeah, it's just New York City. is <laughs> don't like other people. And for whatever reason, they all live together in a nine million person community of miserable people. <laughs> It's true, though. I think that connection is part of it, you know, and, and it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it'd be interesting to see from, I, maybe you've seen these studies of, of what, how much of it is chemical as opposed to that. Or maybe that would well, just I mean, help the, you through the, it. The, right? one, the one can cause the other, right? So, yeah. like, like you, you know, you, you get depressed, you, you, your neurochemical balance changes, at which point you do need medical assistance. But it could either be, it could be behavioral or it could mm -hmm. be genetic. And if it's behavioral, then I, I would say I think this is one of the really big causes is I think people are super lonely in the United States. Yeah, um, just really quickly as an aside, I have a, uh, my old nanny, she's, you know, college age, and it's just so incredible to me. Maybe you see this now with, with your daughter, I don't know, but um, just how much value their, the millennials put into social media. And I mean, incredible. yeah, I hear these stories about like, well, so-and-so read my message on Snapchat, but they didn't write me back or, you know, they, they're talking to someone else. I'm just like... Why do you care so much? It's so dramatic. Is your daughter to that age? Oh, absolutely. She never. She she it's has her notification. She has her notification set up on her phone, that, so that like her phone, like her iPhone, like flashes the. Have you seen that? But it's like so it's going off nonstop and like through, in church and everything. I get so pissed. It flashes. But, um, yeah, it flashes like the the back flash. There's just another way for visually so you can see oh. it. Oh. Maybe it's for like if if you're deaf or I, I don't know. Huh. But um, it's, it's church mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so it's constantly going off and it, but it's Snapchat. It's Instagram. It's all the people that are responding to her stuff, and she's like glued to it. I, I, like, I, I cannot take and her it, off. But and and if someone doesn't respond to you in a timely manner, it's like I cannot believe deal. that yeah. he just did that. And I'm like, maybe they're just spending time with their family, like yeah, they're supposed to. I don't know. Yep. What, you, were you oh, I, I, I was a substitute teacher uh, until they asked me to stop. 
And, uh, I thought, wait, I, I thought you said people thought you were a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah. No, I was mistaken as a substitute teacher in high school all the time. And I was really tall and a baritone and I'm articulate. And now you're not allowed within 500 feet. Exactly. Uh, but it's due to drug charges. It had nothing to do with anything sexual or weird. But, uh, but, uh, but I was a substitute teacher and, uh, and it would have been like uh, about 10 years ago now. Uh, and the, the policy at the school that I was subbing at was you couldn't bring out your phone. So I was, uh, it was maybe 12 year olds maybe. And uh, one of them took their phone out and was like, hey, give me your phone. Uh, I'm going to give it back to the crash. And the person started crying. Like, what if, like, what if someone wants to talk to me? And I'm like, you're 12. All, everyone you know is in this room. <laughs> like, is the president going to call you? Is your wife going into labor? Like, I'll give it back to you. Now, there is like, there is like an addiction. You know, yeah. Seriously, like you're taking them off of a drug when you take that phone yes. away. Put out an amber alert if you lose the phone. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. It's similar with video games. Uh, all right, we've got to take a break. Yeah, but let's not talk negatively about video games. I don't think that's the right thing I to do. I don't think that's the right well. place to take this. Can we delete this part of the show? Is that possible? Oh, it's, no, it's, it's a, a real addiction. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Jason, why are you giving this to me? <laughs> I, I already ate my salad. I don't <laughs> think the broccoli and cauliflower This, this, this is really like, a, a, like a Ouija board from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That goes right there. Uh, Stu, mm-hmm. Americans are spending a lot of money these days. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Like I am uh, from the persuasion of wanting a smaller government. I would like them to have less influence on our lives. I would like politics to have less influence on our lives. Um, but I really would like the government to do less things. Uh, you know, there are very limited amounts of things they're supposed to do in the Constitution. I'd like them to stick to those, that amount. National uh, Arts Council. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And obviously, number one yeah. is, is, is making sure people get paid to paint. Um, but I think, like, there's a, uh, there's a situation where you live in a country in which your biggest expense for most people um, are taxes. Uh, at least a lot of people. Um, probably about half the country. There's, you know, there's a discounts at certain levels of income. But, like... There should be a situation where what you're paying for most is are things that you're never going to use. There's lots of programs that we pay for and probably will never use. Um, and it's like and now it's to the point where it's like dwarfing these like major needs in our life. Uh, part of this is good. Uh, capitalism has lowered prices on things like food and clothing, staples that you really need. Um, but part of it's really bad. Here's this. Here's the uh, chart on this. And it's uh, if you see the average American is spending about sixteen thousand dollars, almost seventeen, Ugh. on taxes. Food and clothing combined is less than ten thousand. Um, that is that seems out of whack. I know what food and clothing do for me. What the government does for me is a little bit. It's not quite as easy to uh, articulate. Uh, you know, certainly there are things the, the military and there. You know, there are of course things in the judicial system. Or you know, there are things that we do need the government for. I'm not advocating for anarchy, but you know, the idea that these basic things that you know, I know if I if I don't eat. What will happen? I know if I don't clothe myself, what will happen to everyone else? It will be terrible for you. Um, but like, you know, with the government, we could cut that down by 70 or 80 percent, I think, uh, and be able to give people back their money. I think we're a charitable people. I think we could tr- find those things, you know, giving money to people who actually need it. But these giant programs and all of this regulation and, and then, you know, that doesn't even cover the stuff, you know, the damage that regulation, I think, does to business. I just think we're out of balance here, and we're going the wrong direction. We're going deeper and deeper in debt, so those tax numbers are only going to go up. 
it's it's a scary it's a scary time. And whenever, whenever there's cuts in spending, it's just cuts in projections. Yeah. We're still going to increase spending. We're yep. just cutting the amount we plan to spend more by to increase yeah. it by. Yeah. And, yeah. and just these basic, you know, there's pr- pr- plans out there that will show the budget being balanced within a decade if all you do is increase. Uh, government increase government spending by one percent every year. If you just did that, we could actually balance the budget relatively quickly. But we can't even. I mean, you know, when that was suggested, uh, you know, they had the sequester, which was not even to the level that I'm talking about. It was just a you know a cut across the board. People had to be a little bit tighter, and we were told that there was nothing. There's nothing left in the cup. There's nothing left to cut. There's no crumbs in the cupboard anymore. Well, I don't know why crumbs were in the cupboard, but that's probably the wrong place to stash them. Uh, but it just there, we obviously know that there's. Plenty of room to cut here. And I think a lot of people say they want smaller government. And I think in reality, when it comes down to whether they're getting their thing or the person they know is getting their thing, they're, they're off that bandwagon pretty fast. <clears throat> uh, what I got from that chart is that I should be spending more on my clothes. No, really? Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's yeah. a surprise. That's yeah. a really, I, I, mine, I should spend more on food. So, <laughs> I, you know, so I did have, <laughs> we have different interests. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a math guy, but that, that was the national average, right? It wasn't broken down. Like, I, I do think it's worth pointing out that the, the tax bracket matters in that. So it certainly does. If, if, you're, if you're making, I think the top tax bracket's 37% right now, 39%. I'm not on the yeah. top, top tax bracket, but I think it's like 37 or 39 <laughs> So if you're, if you're paying 30% of your income in taxes and you make $300,000 a year, you're not going to have a, a comparable amount of food that you're spending proportionally. Like, like as course. you go up that, that tax um, scale, food's going to go up a little, you're going to be seamless more, but you're not gonna, it's, it's not going to be you know, half of your income and that kind of thing. So I think it's one thing. I agree with you, though. That said, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you that I, I, I think society has an obligation to help people. Society's this big. The government's this big. Um, there's a difference between you know charities and the private sector and everything else than there is in uh, the government <coughs> investing your money. That's the operative phrase, by the way. Investing. Is, is investing your money on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. It's worked out well so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, foreign relations. Oh my gosh! This. Thank you so much, topic. Sarah, for going to this. I don't think this is a boring topic. No, I, I know. I'm just most joking. of what Jason says I ignore, but this one's actually interesting. Yeah. You've read part of this, so yeah. back me up if I forget something on this. So okay. this was this is crazy. So BuzzFeed broke this story. Like maybe a couple of days ago. I already don't like it. And just uh, <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. I'm kidding. So, so there, there's they broke this story about there's this this contracting group, this uh, this military contracting group that's based here in the United States. I think it's called Spears Operation Group or Spear Operation Group. Um, but they were gonna they were gonna break the story that they heard about. There, basically, there was a, a targeted assassination uh, program going on, and it was contracted by the UAE, United, UAE uh, United Arab Emirates to actually go in and kill people inside Yemen as part of their war on Yemen. So this uh, Spears Operation Group, these Americans said, hey, we got a bunch of uh, war fighters, a bunch of SEALs, people like that, that are doing other work, but um, they now work for me, and we'll go and take this program for you. So they ended up convincing the UAE, this foreign government, to have United States former military guys to go in and basically kill whoever they wanted to kill. So they got a list of, of names that supposedly, I think they worked for the Muslim Brotherhood uh, that was operating there in Yemen. They got a list of, I can't remember, it was like 30 to 60 names, something like that. BuzzFeed got their hands on footage, and actually I'm going to keep talking, but here's, a, here's some footage of, this is one of the operations that they did. This is drone footage. The guys at the top of the screen that are getting out of the car right now are the Americans, and they're going to like one of the leaders of, of this group. I think he was the head of the Muslim Brotherhood in that area. But uh, there's other vehicles surrounding it that are UAE military. But that's the explosion that goes off. There's civ- right before this, there's civilians all over the streets. There's civilians everywhere. Uh, the, uh, the American mercenaries are firing down the street. There's no oversight on this whatsoever. 
Now, actually, I'll get to that in a second. But beyond this, this is the most appalling and unethical thing I've ever heard of. First off, you're getting the, the you're getting these kill orders from some government that you don't know if it's just someone that stepped on the crown prince's shoes that day and they just didn't like, mm -hmm. or if it's an actual like legitimate military target. You don't know. They were just taking the money to go and murder these people. This is absolutely insane. And, not, and it's, it's against, I mean, like, American policy by law, you, you can't assassinate people. The military does not assassinate people, but we can outsource it, apparently. Right. Well, so in the way they get around it, and they talked about this a little bit, is they basically just have, they, uh, the, the way these con these, these uh, contracting groups get away with it is they'll, they'll um, get the host country to grant them military rank. So basically, these people became, like, colonels in the UAE military. So that way it was, you know, they fall back on and say, okay, hey, look, don't, you know, sure we're American citizens, but we were actually employed by the UA military and taking orders from them. Uh, and one distinction here, I think, I don't think this is what you're saying, but just to be, be clear, this is not ordered by the American military. This no. is a UAE military uh, want with private uh, usage of former troops of, of the U.S. military. And one of the things they point out in the article, which is kind of interesting, is that we've had these wars going on for, uh, you know, obviously a long time in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, and we've used heavily, uh, used special ops really heavily in these wars. So you've trained these guys to be the best in, the, in all these, cr these crazy levels of training. And when you come out of that, you know, where are you going, right? Like, you know, it, it's, it's tough. You're trained for something so specific. When you leave uh, the battlefield, you're trained, you know, for things you can't use anymore. And this is the way they've, they've been utilizing some of these skills, at least in this limited circumstance. And, and that, that's a good designation because we do have legal contracting jobs for former military like those highly skilled guys that don't. But, and they're, they get paid very well. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's uh, the, the, um, there's oversight by the State Department. Yeah. So the State Department grants them the contracts. They're like running convoys and things. And, and, and yeah, or, or protecting the military. And, or protecting like a diplomat when yeah. they go overseas. The contracting group will, you know, will, will protect them while they're over there. Um, so that's one thing. That's completely different. I have a lot of buddies. I consider doing it myself when I got out of the military. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly fine and legit. This is something completely different. This is not sanctioned by the U.S. State Department. This is sanctioned by a foreign government and getting kill orders from people that you haven't vetted. And also, there's no oversight. Like what, hap what would have happened right there? They, they said no civilians got hurt there. But what if when that bomb went off, 10 civilians got killed? Who answers for that? No one. Uh, <laughs> for the podcast listeners... Can you, do you have that? Did you tweet it out or anything? Can you tweet it out, the video, so that they can see it? Um, I can tweet out the article, and, and that's, like, okay. right at the top of the article. The article yeah. So, yeah, so, okay. I'll, so I'll tweet that out that Jason today. Buttrell. Yeah, on yeah, Twitter. Just, just so they can see it, because I think the visual is... It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's drone footage. If people listen to the podcast, it's drone footage showing the entire op go down, showing our guys doing that thing. You can't, you can't make out faces or anything. It didn't anything. seem to go very well. Then and it didn't get the guy either. It was a failure. Yeah, it was yeah. a failure. Apparently, he, the, guy le the guy they were trying to kill left 10 minutes before that or whatever. But just, just appalling. Just, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> wanted to see if you guys uh, saw this lovely, lovely gentleman who apparently is an O'Rourke supporter. Uh, PJ O'Rourke? He's no. a great writer. No, not PJ. Really Robert, no, it's Robert Francis, actually. Oh, okay. R -S R -S O'Rourke, yes. Um, but he apparently had some issues with Ted Cruz and got into it with uh, someone who had Ted Cruz signs. Have you seen, have any of you seen this? Have you, okay, you I watch it, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, let's watch. No, but I'm just going to take him down. If you live here, if it's your property, that's what I was wondering. That is my property. It is your property? Yes. Okay. This is, oh, that's your property too, though, huh? That's my neighbor's property. He's a gun owner. Oh, I'm a gun owner too. Are you becoming friends? I would watch, be careful. 
terrifying. So he's if taking you out the sign. Over that, that would be great. That would be really like, you know, I have to be careful. Response. You know, I have bought a hundred of these. I'm about yeah. to put more out. Cool. All right. Well, I'll feel better about them. Ripping the sign up. Whoa. Yeah. Very weird. Very, I mean, unhinged. We're getting to the point where they're just becoming unhinged. Do, are you of the opinion? I kind of like that they're doing this because I think that it's, it's just going to turn moderates off. What? what Probably do you think? true. I, I, I will say this: if you've ever cast a vote because of a sign, you're a moron. Uh, <laughs> I just count who has the most signs. I count on the way to the polling place. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I do a fun little uh, project in my car with my son that, like, we it's for math. Oh yeah. So we count the, the count O'Rourke signs. signs and the Cruz signs and say how many were total and how many were for which. No, there you go. So, wow, so, so one person only gets up to like two for Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, exactly. 17 gazillion for Beto. Yeah. I, it's funny, like, this is something that only makes that person feel good, right? Like it's yeah. it's not, it's there's not, there's no, no, no helpful emotional fact. catharsis. Yeah. Yes. And, and also politics aside, please stop doing Gollum impressions. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone like that, that, that's been out 15 years now, it's not funny. Anyone can do them. They're not hard to do. It's not a good party trick. And like that's like at some point he learned to do a Gollum impression. Stop it. It's so crazy. It's just, I just I feel like it's like they're doubling. It's like every single time they double down on yeah. all of these tactics that seem to be turning people off from it. Yeah, and, and like I just you know we. You need to have more information than a sign. That, that is, I, I used to drive, uh, when we were in Philly, I remember I would drive by, uh, you know, drive through this one neighborhood in particular. I always remember seeing them there. And it would just say, vote yes on 12. Like, and it's like, the sign's all over the place. Or, or vote line 53. It's like, what the hell is line 53? Like, you're just telling people to remember the number 53. So they walk in there and put, put number 53. If you're voting like that, you don't even know the person's name. You don't even know what the issue is. That is a much larger problem than signs coming down. I mean, people should actually, I don't know, spend more. If you haven't spent five minutes thinking about the election and these issues, it's okay not to vote. Don't feel yeah. bad about Please it. Don't. I, Please don't. Please I'll don't. I'll leave about half of my ballot empty most of the time just because I don't, I don't feel that I know everything. I don't know the local judges and things. So right. I, I'll, they're the ones that I'm going to vote on and the ones that I know enough on. But like, I, I feel I have, a, I have a civic duty as a citizen not to vote on stuff that I don't understand. I think that's, I think that, honestly, I think that people are always like, oh, well, the voting percentage is too low. Eh, it's too high. I think it's about triple what it should be. Uh, there's about 10% of the population that's actually paying attention and understands these issues, and it's okay if the others don't vote. You know, if you're not going to be, a, if you're not going to follow this stuff, and it's you certainly have the right to vote. I would encourage you to learn more about these issues. I think that would be a great idea. But if you had, if you don't, if you're a little distracted, if Fortnite has got you a little distracted for a while, that's okay. Just don't go. It's okay. Jason, he's talking to you. I'm Black Ops, not Fortnite. <laughs> I get killed in Fortnite. Also, maybe if, if you're freaking out about signs, read some Seneca. He's a Stoic philosopher, and it's about like being able to maintain your re- you c- you control your reactions to things. That's and so- my thing. Is like why a sign is really that upsetting to someone. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, before we go, want to make sure to get to today's the Blaze Why comment or question. Uh, so for you podcast listeners, remember you can be tweeting us using the hashtag the Blaze Why. That's W H Y. Andrew, and I, I forgive me, I don't recall the um, the person's name, but I do recall that someone wanted to get your take on um, legalizing marijuana. Okay. And they said, you know, if you don't want, if you're not for government control, wouldn't the legalization of marijuana lead to more of a dependence on government? 
Um, so is, is the theory then that if, if you have more people smoking marijuana, they, they won't work? That was my assumption. They'll go on welfare? Yeah, I assume that that's um, what they meant. I've, I've heard that before. Um, I, th I think that it's an overall weak argument for this reason. I, I, I think most people do want to work. There are people that are freeloaders, but I think the vast majority of people uh, want to be contributive members of society. I think a lot of the people that are poor right now um, have, have been screwed over by a variety of things, oftentimes you know, like regulations and other things. They want to work. I, I don't think that that's a huge issue, but I, I think the more underlying issue, particularly for something like marijuana, that um, doesn't have all of the negative externalities of something like alcohol. Like it's it's like if we were going to pick as a society which one to double down on, marijuana would be better. And I'm saying that as a dedicated religious Scotch enthusiast, uh, <laughs> and um, not marijuana enthusiast. And I'm not a marijuana enthusiast, but but I'd say like the really deep thing there is like like we can. It's your body. You get to do what you want with it. If you want to put stuff in it, it's it's you own your body, and and that's a very I think American uh, American rights based precept, and and I think that outweighs concerns that there might be a slight increase in welfare, and I don't think there would be. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you guys ready for the weekend? Yes. Me too. Yes. Let's go. Let's See you it. Monday. Do it. Bueno, <sighs> I think. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.